Are you interested in finding out how to acquire rental property and manage it yourself? If so, stay tuned to another episode of the Holland and Pick Show. Coming to you from Tallahassee, the sunshine capital of the world, this is the Holland and Pick Show, your source for local interviews, tips, and strategies that will help you take your real estate hustle to the next level. Next level. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Holland and Pick Show. I'm your host, Jason Pick, here with my co-host, Tom Holland, and our very special guest today, Will Peters. If you guys have been listening to us for a while, you'll remember back in episode three, we actually interviewed Will's brother, Charlie, and we've had uh, a chance to get Will here in the studio with us, and he's going to talk to us about his real estate investing career and how he has grown and managed his rental portfolio and how he manages it himself. So, Will, welcome. Well, thank you, fellas. I appreciate um, I appreciate the opportunity to be here right here, and um, I hope I can give you something that'll be somewhat useful. But thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay. Well, tell us uh, tell us more about yourself and your experience in real estate, and specifically your experience with rental properties. Okay. So when you say about me, you're talking about my story. Yes, sir. I got involved. Is that yes, correct? Sir. How'd yeah. you okay. How'd you get to this point? Okay. Well, that. <laughs> A lot of pain involved there. Uh, okay, so I uh, was raised in Mariana, and uh, my dad was a daddy was a uh, college professor. My mama worked in the school system, and uh, so we had a lot of love. No money there in uh, in uh, Mariana, and uh, went to Chipola Junior College. Came over into Florida State, and I wound up getting a degree in education, elementary education. I taught school for two years, one up in Bainbridge and one here in Tallahassee. And <clears throat> during that time, I lived in a single wide mobile home. Two years I'm teaching school. And people told me that I, if you go to school and get a college degree, everything will be okay. I was in a little single wide with two other guys right here. It probably would have been better if I'd been homeless, I think, in, in uh, some days right here. So, uh, And I won't get into all the, the details of that. So I said, who lied to me about this, okay? Because this is not what I envisioned at all right here. There was more month than there was money on the teacher's salary that I had. And so I really was desperate trying to figure out what in the world I can do. Because I have, I can't live with these guys, you know, forever. I'm a single guy. I want to get, I want to get married. Didn't have a girlfriend at the time. But anyway, so I happened to look through the uh, newspaper and there was an ad in the paper. And it was actually in the, the headline said, Eight out of every ten fortunes in America are made in real estate. And I said, what is real estate? I know for me a fortune would be to get out of this single-wide trailer, okay? And so I want to find out what real estate is. I had no clue, absolutely no no concept uh, or couldn't, couldn't define it at all. And so uh, it was an ad for real estate course, a salesman's course. And so I went to that and wound up getting my real estate license. And then I began brokering. That was in uh, 1984. I'm 60 years old now. So I was, uh, I was 24 years old when I started teaching, 26 when I wound up jumping into the real estate business here in Tallahassee. 26. A little single wide, didn't know anybody other than my next door neighbor in the trailer park and that was it and so um <clears throat> i got and he wasn't buying a lot of real estate june of not yeah june, that's right june of 1984 interest rates were around 15 percent at the time i had no clue what interest rates were i didn't know anything and so uh, i got my start with a guy named mike white put my license with him and in six months i made 
$910 the first six months. And I thought, oh my gosh, who lied to me and told me <laughs> going to real estate? I am starving to death. And so um, I, I started asking questions about, about how do you make money? I'm sitting here uh, watching folks, what it is they're doing. And uh, one of the guys that I talked to was a man named Brent Pichard, who lives, who's here in town. And Brent was an outstanding guy who had actually, uh, he, was, he was a motivational speaker who spoke at, in the uh, real estate class that I had taken there. And so uh, I went and, and uh, talked to him about that, uh, and he said, he told me, he said, to make money in real estate, you actually, you got to own it. Okay, so therein was a huge problem for me because I didn't have any money. <laughs> $910 in six months is not going, you're not going to have much in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the bank right there and didn't have a, a clue again about, I had no credit and uh, didn't really have a, a clue about what I was doing, but I had, I talked to people who were really bright and um, felt like the way to overcome this, the only way I could do it was with a partner. And so I, I found this guy that I had sold a piece of real estate to. His, uh, he was a doctor. His family had been in real estate business in Miami, and I asked him if he'd like to be partners. And, uh, and again, without really knowing what I'm doing, uh, he said, sure, that'd be fine. So uh, we bought a little duplex together and that gave me some financial support and solvency. And he put the money up and I moved into the place. It became an owner occupied place. That was in 1985. And that's when I bought, uh, the first duplex. That was how the, initially I got my start. Oh, that, that's great. So you, you, you got a duplex and you moved in. I moved in. I got out of the trailer. Okay, that was <laughs> moving had, up in the world. I had made a fortune in my mind because I got out of I got out of that. Uh, what I what I soon realized, and I tried to become uh, I became partners with several older men on a couple of um, just just little deals. What I soon realized is that uh, even though they're good guys, everybody's got different expectations, and I was working my tail off and not really seeing any benefit of that. And so I realized I'm going to have to I need to try to buy something for myself i still struggled to keep you know just to make uh, make the ends meet it was now 1988 and i i talked to my mom and daddy and i asked them to co-sign would they please co-sign with me on a loan uh, again because i didn't have bad credit i just had no credit and uh, they uh, said that they would i took my real estate commission and used it as a down payment to buy a quadruplex and i moved into that that was my per first purchase four units right here and here's what I remember, too, about that. Uh, interest rates, again, I, I think I told you they were close to 15%. That was in 1984. Uh, 1988, whenever we bought that first one, the interest rate was, I don't know, maybe it was around 11%, 12%. I'm not real sure. In any case, the rental income was $1,600, and the principal interest taxes and insurance payment was 1576 So I had $24 of cash flow. And if anything had gone wrong with any of those units at the time, right. it, it would have been a big mess right here for me. Uh, but it was a newer unit. It was probably about four years old. So that was initially how I got started. So that was how I, over, how I overcame initially no money was I used. I, 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 did, uh, I had a financial partner and that doctor, and then no credit, my mom and dad, my Lord's grace and mercy were, uh, they, you know, they, they uh, co-signed with me on my first loan. So that's how... I got things started. Fantastic. Well, that's a great start. And I think that's a good way to end our first segment. Holland and Picked. HollandPicked.com.
Hey, Jason Pickt here. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Holland and Pickt Show. Do us a favor and head over to hollandpickt.com forward slash iTunes and learn how you can leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks so much. Holland and Pickt. Hollandpickt.com. Will, you told us how you went from one to two. Was it easier to go from two to three, three to four after you get the ball rolling, or was it was it more challenging? Tell us about how you kind of scaled up from there. Okay, so again, I bought the first quad. I was single, and I also bought my second property, and I was single. Then it was shortly after that. Uh, that was two duplexes, by the way, and, and I still had no money. I borrowed money from my grandmother at 10% interest and paid her back every dime that I owed her. And that's one of the things that I think is really important. I would tell every investor the importance of honoring your word and doing whatever you tell somebody you're going to do, and especially uh, family, uh, the importance of that. So that was how I got the second property. Then I got married to an an incredible woman the Lord gave me. She's a wonderful woman. Then the dynamics changed. She she stayed at home. Um, We had a one child, and then two, and then three, and then four. And obviously, you uh, you know, as far as kids go, having them yourselves, how, how the uh, dynamics, the financial dynamics can change and, uh, and responsibilities there. So she stayed at home to uh, raise the kids. So I had, a, again, acquired a couple of properties, and it soon became apparent. I had about 10 units that I had purchased in the period 10 to 12, 12 from 1988 to about 1990 or 91 and it soon became apparent to me that I was going to need to go in one direction or the other because I was broker in real estate as well wanted to have time for my kids to stay home and I normally uh, as far as broker in real estate goes it was residential real estate people typically want to see stuff after work on the weekends which is when I wanted to be home with my kids and so uh, I was kind of at a crossroads about what am I gonna what am I gonna do what direction am I gonna take on that and again I went and I talked to a, a guy again Brent Pashard I think I mentioned his name before and just was considering a career change at that point in time because I wasn't real sure exactly what to do uh, and I'd also dabbled in some land trying to purchase some land maybe to develop it also um, office building as well and that had not gone so well for me I don't want to get into the particulars of that but um, uh, essentially first of all from the experience I had with the land and the office buildings for me and I'm not saying that this is the way that it is for everybody else but for me I realized I needed to kind of specialize in what I what I'm going to get involved in and again that was single family homes or duplexes or quads I didn't buy and I never have bought anything more then single-family homes, duplexes, and quadruplexes. So you found your you found your lane, and you said, "I'm good at this. I'm going to double down on on this." That's correct. And I talked to um, Brent about that, and he said, "You know, I own a lot of office. I, I, I'm partners with a number of uh, successful people here in town on on the uh, office buildings, on land development, and whatnot." He said, "But based on what you're telling me and the returns that you're getting on the little stuff that you're doing, I've." I think you ought to continue to go that that direction, and so um, so that's what I that's what I did. So again, having more children meant uh, it became more difficult for me from a cash flow standpoint in terms of having money to purchase additional properties, having down payments right there. Okay, I and so as I told you, I was at a crossroads. I've got to go in one direction or another, and I decided. I said I'm going to go full bore into purchasing property. I want to get out of the brokering business. Okay. 
And so I began looking for opportunities and going to other people, asking. I, I would make a list of wealthy people, and I would call them and say, would you like to loan money? If you would, if you get, if I can give you a better interest rate than what you're getting at the bank, uh, there, there's, there, there are three benefits to investing with me. Number one is going to be safety because I'm on. If what you'll have will be a mortgage against a piece of property, and the total mortgage amount is going to be less than what the actual value is. Because so there's going to be safety. You're going to get a, a monthly check. And then number three, you're going to get a better interest rate than what you get at the bank. Okay, so I made a list of people, and I would call them and talk to them about that. And then I began to look for uh, real estate deals, and you do that through uh, networking, talking to people. I remember calling one lady. I thought she owned a piece of property, and she said, no, I don't own this property at all. I, How did you get my name? I said, well, I, I thought, you know— uh, I had gotten it from somebody. I said, I thought you did. She said, no, I don't own this, but I do own another piece of property, and I would like to sell it. And it turned out to be, um, at the time, uh, it turned out to be a real nice flip for me, I, which I haven't done that many, but I probably have bought four or five, maybe six places that I use to purchase, flip, and then take the money to use in what's called a 1031 exchange to uh, go ahead and purchase other investment property that I'd hold long term. What I will also tell you is is that because I was now starting to live off the cash flow, I had to look at what would be I would consider really really great deals in order to try to live off the cash flow flow. As a result of that, I passed on a lot of deals that still would have been good deals. In other words, if I'd have had another income coming in, I could have I could have continued to purchase other properties. Anyway, I, I wasn't able to uh, to do that at the, at the time. I will also tell you, uh, I had one deal this was in 1994. I remember I borrowed the money. It was at 8%. And I thought, man, if I can get my hands on 8% money, I will buy all of Tallahassee right here. Yeah. And anyway, obviously, I didn't buy all of Tallahassee in that uh, now, of course, we'd have a heart attack if we were borrowing money at 8% here. I have continued to stay with the smaller type units, and that's what's worked for me. Because uh, ultimately, you got to you got to be able to sleep at night and a good night's rest. Uh, kids will keep you up. Uh, nah, amen. <laughs> many nights <laughs> right there, and uh, did the dynamics of marriage and just you know just life itself. And so to be able to get a good night's sleep was really important. So that was my comfort. That was my comfort level. I've heard folks say, "Well, anybody can invest in real estate, but you've got to have a level." of comfort, a level of risk that you feel good about. And if you don't, if you can't sleep at night, and I'm, and there's a difference between, uh, you know, having to deal with a, a, a small issue versus just anxiety that, um, right. that, that keeps you awake at night and keeps you not just awake at night, but, but, but from being able to focus on the folks that you, you know, that you love. And so, um, anyway, that's, that's good. Uh, that, that's why Fantastic. that was for me my comfort level. So fast forward to today, are you still actively purchasing properties at kind of the same rate, or have you slowed down? And uh, I have sl- I have slowed down at this point, even though I won't pass up a good deal if I see it. But I, but I really I've been trying to help my uh, kids also as well to um, start to build their portfolio. Uh, that's something they desired to do. So I've, I've gone along just like my parents did, helping me to uh, co-sign with the first property that I bought by myself. I've tried to help them to do that. I will tell you a couple of things here, just as as far as how this 
buying real estate and owning it, that's what I do. There, there are two purposes I have in that. Number one, it was the, uh, the vocation that I chose to feed my family. But I also look at it as an opportunity to have a ministry in the lives of other people. Uh, ultimately, I, what I do believe life is about is probably y'all, y'all do as well. Ultimately, it's relationships. Uh, for me, it's my relationship <clears throat> with the Lord and then the people he places in my life. Um, my wife, my kids, uh, again, family, uh, great friends, and, and I've got great relationships with them. And so I have, uh, by God's grace and mercy, and and uh, I really do believe that it, it really is by his grace and mercy because ultimately he owns it all. Uh, he's allowed me to be a steward of this. And so I have, um, I don't look at it just from a numbers, strictly from a numbers standpoint. I've looked at it to try to have a ministry in other people's lives. I will also tell you that as a result of that, I've been taken advantage of a number of times. And that can be very, very frustrating in trying to find a balance, which um, that's been one of the challenges uh, for me over the years. And that would be the benefit of having a management company, you know, where you don't get, you don't get, um, I've been involved in in people's lives there uh, probably more than maybe, I should have been or wanted wanted to be, but uh, but I also do feel that uh, there's a calling that's been placed on my life as a result of that. And so ultimately, I think no matter what it is you do, whether you invest in real estate, whatever your vocation is, ultimately, it should be for the purpose of nurturing the relationships that God's blessed you with. I think it's important. It's easy to sit. We can sit around the desk and sit and talk about that, but it's easy to lose sight of that. As I said and told you before, y'all got... Each of you got uh, two young kids right now. I've got four that are all adults. And as I said before... You love your kids. Well, it is with that with my family. Yeah. Uh, again, I will... Um, there are... I see people that I will go back to, and I think this is a question for everybody, is how are you going to define success? How are you going to measure that? And for me, ultimately, uh, the success is measured in the relationships that I have not in my not in the bank account that I've got. So you're going to find a lot of folks that have got a much, much greater net worth. But there's not a man who is uh, richer than the one that you see sitting before you because of the relationships, you know, that I've, that, uh, I've been so blessed with. Uh, and I, will, I also want to say that's one of the things that owning your own business allows you is the freedom. There's, there's flexibility in your schedule, okay? And there, that's, I can't put a dollar value on that. But having the freedom to be able to go to your kids' ball games or yeah. dance lessons or go over spelling words or times tables or do whatever it happens to be, you know. Uh, We're riding bicycles right now. Yeah, well, whatever that is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Trying to. <laughs> those those days are coming. Anyway, that uh, there's a there is a value that you know every, everybody's got uh, their uh, own idea about what their time is worth, kind of like that whatever the MasterCard commercial, there are, a lot of, there are a number of moments that are priceless. So that's one of the blessings for, for me of, of the uh, having done this. And if I had to do it all other, over again, you know, people last say, well, if you do it all over again, then, then I obviously would continue to choose the same career path that I've chosen. There are, there are certainly things that I would uh, change, lessons I've learned there. But uh, anyway, I'm grateful that the Lord has blessed me like he has there. So. Amen. Perfect. Holland and Picked, hollandpicked.com.
Hey, Jason Pick here. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Holland and Pick Show. Do us a favor and head over to hollandpick.com forward slash iTunes and learn how you can leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks so much. Holland and Picked. Hollandpicked.com. Let's hop into managing properties. So I'm curious, you actually manage all the properties you have today. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. That's correct. So why is that? Is it because you view it kind of as a, an opportunity ministry to people? Why do you think that you chose to do the management part yourself as opposed to hiring, a, hiring an outside company? Uh, again, I, I think I'd explained to you all uh, a little earlier that um, I'd had a management company one time, and I, I was disappointed with the way uh, the results that I got from that. And so I've heard people sit and say that nobody will manage them as well as you will. I don't think that that's necessarily true, though, because, again, depending on... I've certainly seen... I've seen people who wanted to manage property themselves, but they don't want to deal with the headaches. And there there are a lot of headaches in this business, but there's headaches in every business. And so if you will learn to embrace embrace the challenges rather than run from them, and I think that's one of the that's one of the things that will ultimately lead to success. People talk about uh, you uh, the importance of treating others like you want to be treated. And I think from the property management standpoint, the real estate ownership is, for example, when you get phone calls, you know, when I, I, I all of my tenants have got they've all got my phone number. And, they, and I'm available <clears throat> for them, and that includes all hours of the night. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to answer the phone, you know. But as long as the house is not burning down, uh, I am going to get back to them. And I think that's one of the most uh, – that's a critical component that I set and I talk to, not just the to a number of people that have come to me that have rented from other places. And they said, you know what we appreciate about you is that you – you just call us back. You just get back to us. It's something that's so simple. It does, you don't have to be intelligent. You don't have to have a bunch of money. Just respond you to us. All you got to do is respond. Just people just want to know that they're thought of, that they're cared, you know, that they're cared for, and uh, and that happens no matter what line of work that you're in right here. And so um, so anyway, I've been fortunate. I get a lot of a lot. Most of my tenants generally stay with me until they have a. Um, a fairly dramatic life change, you know, whether it's getting married or having kids or they graduate from school, but they'll generally stay, you know, they generally stay with me there. And so I'm, again, I'm thankful for that. And I think I don't, I don't like getting phone calls about problems. I don't, I don't know of anybody that really enjoys that, but I know that it's part of what I do to earn a living right here. And so just I go back to what I'd said before, learn, learn to embrace the challenges that you've been given. And that's a part of my faith uh, too. trusting the Lord. I believe he, he allows everything, but there's a, there's a reason that he allows him, and ultimately there are lessons for me to learn in every uh, situation and every challenge that that uh, that I have there. So, what led you to think maybe I need a property management company? Right at this point, you had already I assume you already had a good number of properties. So was you know what was the was it you hit a certain number? Or was it your kids got a certain age? There were two townhouses that I had, and they were kind of an outlier from where I've got. They weren't as close to everything else that I had. And so I thought, well, I'll go ahead and just give it a shot uh, with these two um, with these two units just to see how things would go. And I'm not going to tell you that the folks were horrible, but they just didn't um, they didn't meet my expectations, which which was respond. Yes, that's it. <laughs> 
And, you know, that's that's it. Whenever I went and happened to go by, I just check on the units. I want to see what it is that I've got. But are you going to go by and just check on a property once in a while? Look and see. And I go by and would just see stuff that they just needed some outside attention. But if the tenant doesn't say anything about it, they didn't worry. I mean, they weren't worried about it, okay? I drive I drive by my units. I don't do it every I don't do it every week, but I, I do take the time to go buy a check and inspect. I want to do that. And so uh, it helps it helps to uh, helps me to maintain properties, try to keep them in a in uh, certainly um, the appearance wise something that people will hopefully be proud of and want to continue to uh, to stay in. So I'm curious, <clears throat> you mentioned that your most of your tenants end up staying for a good bit, right? So but once they do leave, like do you have a Walk us through your process of finding new tenants and closing out the old agreement and starting a new agreement. Like at a high level, what's kind of the process there? Well, I, you are dealing with a low tech redneck. All this <laughs> stuff, and uh, I recently learned a about a piece of paper or a napkin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, re, I learned about Zillow a couple of years ago. My my uh, children uh, educated me on this, and Zillow is now that's the way that I advertise, and that's that's pretty much what I do. Uh, that doesn't help the Tallahassee Democrat. I don't even put signs out anymore. I will tell you also from a screening standpoint, in terms of screening tenants, that back when I was starting out, the first person that came to me with cash, I would take because I had I had the mortgage payments that I had to meet, and I didn't have uh, I didn't have a nest egg. I didn't have a big cushion right there. And so, uh, as a result of that, uh, my screening was not. I would look look people in the eye and say, you know, have you ever had any problems with the law? Oh no! <laughs> Obviously, they didn't. They didn't understand what the law <laughs> meant, I guess, or was for them. So uh, anyway, so as a result of that, that was a screening tenants and, and getting getting responsible people. Certainly, don't have to be perfect, but they need to be responsible people. Can make uh, such a huge difference, you know, in the success of what it is that you that you do. And how about in like the general areas? I mean, did you have pockets of properties that do better than than others based off of like geographic that's location? A gr- that's a great question too. One of the things I've said and I've told my kids and I, not everybody's got this philosophy at all. Again, this, this helped me to get sleep at night. But I early on was a partner with a guy that came to me and said, man, there's a great deal on these two brick duplexes. And it was in a, a very unsafe area of town. But I didn't know I didn't really know what it was because I never hung out down there. And so he came to me and told me, I, I won't mention the area necessarily, but uh, anyway, he uh, we went ahead and bought them. I'll never forget. We bought two brick, two-bedroom, one-bath duplexes. I paid $23,000 each for each duplex, 23000 brick, good shape, and somebody got shot across the street a few days later. And the people that were in there moved out, and I couldn't get them rented. And I had folks throwing bricks through the places. I had the AC units. They were cut. The copper was cut out of them. And then the insurance company called and said, if you don't get tenants in, we are canceling the insurance. And I said, wow. And so I made a list of all the owners. I went through the uh, tax records. I made a list of all the owners in the immediate area. And I called every one of them because I figured maybe somebody would want to own something there. And uh, and I did find, find somebody. So I bought them for 23 I sold them for 25 and that was one of the most, one of the happiest days of my <laughs> life right there to get, get wow. out of there. So my, so for me, and I'm not telling you it's a way for everybody else, but if I can't, if I don't feel comfortable walking down the street at night, walking down the street at night, if I don't feel safe, then 
personally, I don't buy that. Now, that's not the philosophy a lot of folks right. take, and I've missed out on a lot of deals. I know there are people who made a lot of money that have not you know, adopted that philosophy, but that, for me, is, uh, is something I do. Thanks for listening to another episode of Holland and Picked. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at hollandandpick.com forward slash iTunes. 